new kind of king preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Palm Sunday, March 27, 1972. The text is Luke, the 19th chapter, the 28th through the 48th verses. Luke, the 19th chapter, beginning to read selected verses at the 28th verse. When Jesus drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village opposite, where on entering you will find a coat tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, you, why are you untying it? You will say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away went and found it as he had told them, and as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. <coughs> And throwing their garments on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. And as they rode along, they spread their garments on the road. And as he was drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And when Jesus drew near and saw the city of Jerusalem, he wept. He wept over it, saying, Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. And then he entered the temple. And he began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people sought to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do where all of the people hung upon his words. <coughs> on Palm Sunday, Jesus changed his tactic. For those of you who are acquainted with the gospel narrative, you know that for three years Jesus shunned all types of publicity. When even some poor soul would be healed by him of some infirmity, Jesus told the person to be still and not to tell anybody, anybody, what happened or nor who did it. Every time some enthusiastic group would want to make Jesus king and declare him as the Messiah, our Lord would take off to the hills. 
And then came Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, Jesus changed his strategy, it seems. And from that day on, he wanted everyone and anybody to see him as a king. Why, he is the one who precipitated the whole Palm Parade. Yes, he is the one who told the disciples where they could go and borrow a, a donkey. He is the one who, when they returned with the donkey, he accepted the clothes of his disciples and fashioned them into a saddle upon which he could sit. He is the one who appreciated the gesture of the pilgrims who took off their stained travel cloaks and put them down as a carpet on the roadway upon which the animal and Jesus were to travel. And when the little children and the disciples and the people shouted their hosannas, Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He accepted and welcomed such proclamation. Now, make no mistake about it. Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus wanted then and wants now to be proclaimed a king. This is the day that he hath made, and he hath made it a day when he wants all of the world to know that he is a king. On that first Palm Sunday in, in Jerusalem, he did not want people, his followers, anyone, to think of him just as an elegant an example, a tremendous teacher, a wonder worker, a miracle maker. He wanted people then to know that he is a king. A king who has no equal. A king of kings. A lord of lords. He is the fulfillment of the one that prophets had been talking about for centuries. He was the one who had come in the name of the Lord. And Jesus on that first Palm Sunday day wanted everybody to know exactly that he was a king, a new kind of king, but the greatest king that has ever lived. A king whose kingdom shall never know an end. <clears throat> On that day he wanted the people of Jerusalem to see and to proclaim him the king of peace. The king of kings who is the king of peace. See, that's the whole reason for the donkey. If it had not been the fact that he is the king of peace, he would not have come into Jerusalem on the back of an ass. If we thought Hebrew and new Jewish customs, we would understand the symbolism of the palm parade. For in those days, whenever the king came riding into town on a horse, it meant that he was bent for war. But if he came riding on an ass, it meant one thing, he was bent on peace. And Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day on the back of a donkey. 
He was coming, you see, not only in peace, but to proclaim to all the people of the world, he is the king of peace. This means that he wanted the people to see that he was the author of peace. That without him there is no peace. And that he alone can give to people one of the most prized possessions of all life. The peace that passeth all understanding. There is no other way. He wanted all the world to know that day that no man, no person, can have peace with his God, peace within himself, peace with his fellow man, and peace with the earth, except through Jesus Christ, the one whom the Bible calls the Prince of Peace. There's no other way. No matter how clever the person who may think up an alternative scheme, no matter how brilliant the ideas, no matter how long you work, no longer, no, no matter how hard you try, there is no other way to gain peace in the world except through Jesus Christ, because he is God's message of peace. The God who created the world and created peace has allowed only Jesus Christ to be the one that can bring peace into this earth and into our lives. As the writer of the Ephesian letter says, he is our peace. And there's only one way that we can have peace, international peace, peace within our homes, peace within our church, peace within ourselves. And that is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He is the King of Peace. <clears throat> and that day in Jerusalem, he wanted everybody, everybody to see clearly and without a doubt, the message that he is the king of peace. And also, the king of compassion. Of compassion. That is why we have the tears. That is why Jesus wept. Because he is the king. The greatest the majestic power of compassion. When Jesus in his little parade came over the top of Mount Olivet, some of you saw that in the pictures that Mrs. Simpson showed this morning in the adult forum, and overlooked Kidron Valley to the walled city of Jerusalem there on the other side. Jesus wept. On the back of that donkey, which was the symbol of peace, this one who was coming into the city of Jerusalem, which is known as the city of peace, on that symbol of the donkey, which is the symbol of peace, he was coming in peace, and Jesus stood on Mount Olivet and wept. And if you people could read that in the original Greek, you would see that the word does not mean a tear as much as it means a crying and a sobbing and a wailing and Jesus as he wept 
uttered these sorrowful words, Oh, if you only knew those things that made for peace. That is what shows him as the king of compassion. For this Jesus who was entering into a city, a city that he knew eventually would be destroyed, and history shows us that in 70 A.D. that city was destroyed. This Jesus who knew that many of those people inside of that city would never understand him, let alone accept him. Those people, he loved them yet. And this is what makes him the king of compassion, that even yet while we are still sinners, Christ died for us because he loves us. And that's the message that he wants us to know on Palm Sunday, that he is the king of compassion and there is absolutely nothing in this world that any of us can do that can stop him from loving us with the greatest of compassion. And that makes him king. Jesus was trying to show those people in Jerusalem that though he may never ever be able to love the sin, there is never a time when he does not love the sinner. Though those people in that town were bent on serving themselves and hence would then self-destruct and end up in hell, even though they were on their way of going to hell, Jesus still loved them. <coughs> These people who maybe never would understand or even if they did understand, would refuse to accept the fact that God had forgiven them, that they could find forgiveness within their guilt-ridden souls, that they could live in harmony and peace with one another and within this world which God had given them, if they had never understood that, or if they understood it, had never believed it, Jesus would still love them. Still love them, even unto the end. And even though, though they did not know those things that make for peace, that Jesus Christ is the only way of peace, he would still love them, even unto the end. And this made him the king of compassion. And then at the end of the parade route, Jesus got off the donkey, and there he was, and there he proved to the world that day that he is not only the king of peace and the king of compassion, but always he is the king of his own house. And that's why he went into the temple. And that's why he threw out the money changers and the thieves. Because he wanted the people in his day to see that his house whether that be a home, a church, a nation, his house was always under his control. And the robbers and thieves and abusers and misusers of people might somehow creep in. They would never last. And God, though he is the God of peace and the God of compassion, King of peace and king of compassion. He is always king of his house. And he will never leave it nor forsake it. 
and will always cleanse it and make it the house that he would have it to be. Yes, on Palm Sunday, that first Palm Sunday, Jesus wanted to be known as a king and proclaimed as a king. And you know, I somehow think that on this Palm Sunday, the same Jesus, who travels not only into Jerusalem, but into Bakerstown and into Pittsburgh and into all the cities of the world, that same Jesus wants to be known as king. The same kind of a king that he revealed himself to be on that first Palm Sunday. Today he wants to be known by our troubled world as a king of peace. And folks, we should remember this on this Palm Sunday, for it's very important in life. For 2,000 years he has been trying to tell us, and this is a day when we must proclaim it anew. There can be no peace in the world, no peace in this nation or in our cities, in our own homes or in our own lives, without Jesus Christ. Some of us are greatly concerned because in Paris the peace talks have broken off. Some of us are greatly concerned because that great tragedy in Southeast Asia does not seem ever to have an end. Some of us are greatly concerned because of the bickering that we read about in our newspaper and because of the legislation on the busing and the anti-busing ideas and ideologies of life. Folks, when are we ever going to wake up to the fact that there can never be any peace in this world, in our nation, between races of men, between feelings of devotion, except through Jesus Christ? There is no other way. And best we realize that the King who came in Jesus Christ is the only King of peace. And any attempt that we try to bring peace into our own lives, into the lives of our family, our church, our nation, or our world, other than those which proclaim Jesus Christ as King and Lord, those efforts will fail. <coughs> they will never succeed because Jesus is the King and only King of peace. Let's proclaim this on this Palm Sunday. And equally as well, the fact that Jesus is not only the King of peace, but he's the King of compassion. Especially in these days when those under 30 seem to be writing off those who are older, and those who are older think they can never understand the younger generation, and that that generation is lost. Let's be conscious of the fact that God has not given up on any of us. No, many of us who are still trying to play games to justify our existence, to prove that we are not guilt-ridden people, who when we change with every fashion that comes down the pike and try anything new, trying to find peace, but instead find only hell. Let us remember that Jesus never gives up on us we may give up on him, but never even unto the end. 
will Jesus give up on us. That he is the king of compassion. And though many of us feel that we can find peace in doing our own thing instead of realizing that peace can be found only in doing his thing and his will for our lives. May we never forget that for ourselves and for those whom, about whom we are so concerned, that though they may be heading for hell and self-destruction, God still loves them. And Jesus Christ is weeping, wishing that someday they would know the hour of their visitation and see in him those things that make for peace. <clears throat> and then also, ladies and gentlemen, on this Palm Sunday, I think we should realize and proclaim it from the hilltops and the rooftops that Jesus is the king of his house. And just as he proved on that first Palm Sunday, so he will prove on this Palm Sunday that though there be people in the nation, in the church, who are wanting to destroy, rob, pilfer, and misuse and abuse other people, God will not allow them to last too long. Eventually, through his wisdom, through his kindness, and through his judgment, these will be cast out. For even though he's a God of compassion and a God of peace, he is always a God who takes care of his own house and is king over his own people. And through the resurrected Christ, we know that the place of worship today is the church. And though the church may upset many people, and the church perhaps is making mistakes one way or the other. Some say we are too relevant, others say not relevant enough. And we have people on both sides of the fence that are very upset with the church today. May they remember that God is always through Jesus Christ, the king of his own house. And eventually that house which he has given us shall be his house, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against her. This is Palm Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. This is the day that Jesus wants to be proclaimed a king. And in our community, and in our church, and in our world, this is our task today. To proclaim him as the king of peace, the king of compassion, and the king of his own house. So may we not leave this place discouraged or disgruntled, but may we lift up our gates and lift up our heads. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world, you and me, we live in it and we are his. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be they ever lifted up, for the King of glory has come to us.
Father of all mercies, Lord of all life, as we begin the pilgrimage through another holy week, we pray for that spirit which only thou canst give to march into our lives. O Lord, be with us and help us as we go into our homes, into our offices, and into the world to be people who realize that we are a part of a kingdom that shall know no end and that Jesus Christ is the King of all life. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of his Holy Spirit, be and abide with us all. And on this special day, give us peace forever and ever. Amen.